0: Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan and Steve Peters, and we are joined by a special guest today. We're welcoming jesse granger with the athletic in las vegas the coyotes take on the vegas golden knights tomorrow vegas has been an interesting story pretty much since they entered the league a few years ago so welcome to the podcast jesse
2: yeah thanks for having me
3: jesse are you uh are you you may be the one person in the nation who is not sick of the all these sports betting ads because you're probably just numb to it where you live
2: yeah yeah i i mean I've lived in the middle of it, not just like the gambling aspect, but just the media. Like in Vegas, if you if you work in the sports media, you are surrounded by gambling. Um, like when I worked at the newspaper before I worked at the Athletic, it was every day I wrote like a, a, a gambling call, little like. Picks of the day type of thing. So yeah, I've been around it. Um, I love it to be honest. Like even like I'll, I'll gamble on sports here and there. I'm not a huge gambler, but like I love um, sports gambling being being more accepted around the country. And I feel like it it offers smart analysis. Like I think people who are doing sports gambling analysis do good analysis, even if you don't like gambling. Just the fact that they're I mean they're putting money on it, so they're analyzing it very tightly. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the of the what's happened over the last couple of years. Mm.
3: Well, we brought you in obviously to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights um, and we'll, we'll go around the horn here with everybody asking you questions. But the biggest story, of course, is the the preparedness of Jack Eichel. He's finally in the lineup um, and and it looks like he, he's going to be a big part of whatever they accomplished this season. So what have you seen from him so far? And what do you think are realistic expectations from Jack Eichel for the rest of the season and in the postseason?
2: Yeah, I mean, I honestly was expecting him to be – a lot more rusty than he has been. And just talking. I was talking with Chandler Stevenson the other day. And even he said, he's like, it's honestly hard to believe that he hasn't played hockey in 11 months. Like you watch him out there and how like he's, he's definitely not himself. He's not full peak Jack Eichel right now, but he's looked pretty good. He's got three points in three games. Um, he, he had two points in his last game and he is creating more offense than pretty much anyone on the team right now. And I obviously Mark stone is out and he's kind of their number one offense generator on this team, but Eichel I've seen, he skates really well. Um, he has looked tired at the end of games, which is not surprising considering the layoff and the fact that he's coming off surgery, but he, he has that ability to just hold on to that puck for an extra second. And that's something that I think this team was lacking. Um, they have good puck movement. This team passes the puck well, but they don't have guys who can, Hey, nobody's open. Just hang on to this. Like use your body to shield the defenseman, buy us a couple extra seconds for a guy to make a move. And Eichel's already assisted on two goals by doing that, by just buying an extra second and tossing it over. So I think you're seeing flashes of this superstar player and what he can do with really talented players around him. He's playing with Max Pacioretty and Chandler Stevenson right now, and I'm excited for where he can go. I mean, expectations, I don't know, like I'll be honest, he's already exceeding like in every aspect. Like the Golden Knights traded for him he got that surgery immediately and he was on the ice like a week later. So like from that moment and he, and he even said the day he had the surgery, he went out for dinner with his parents that night. So like from the moment this surgery has happened, he has exceeded expectations and been ahead of schedule. Like I didn't expect him to be playing this soon and I definitely didn't expect him to be playing this well. So I initially said like, I don't know what kind of Eichel you're going to get in the playoffs this year. He's never played in the playoffs in his career. He doesn't know what that's like and he's coming off this surgery. But I'll be honest, he's he's been. He's been exceeding everything. So if this guy is tearing it up in the playoffs, it won't surprise me at all.
0: It's kind of hard to imagine that he's never been in the playoffs given how long he's been in this league. So that'll be really interesting to see. Um, you mentioned Mark Stone. What do you suspect his timeline to return is? And kind of a twofold question. How is Vegas going to manage the salary cap situation? Because the cap hit is $10 million above what it should be. There's players on long-term injured reserve, but obviously those players are going to come back at some point. What do you see happening here?
2: Yeah. So they, yeah, like you said, they're 10 million over the cap. Um, When Jack Eichel was getting ready to come back, the only way that they could have activated him was by trading about six to 7 million is what I've estimated. It's not quite 10. They don't have to get rid of 10 because they're going to wave a couple guys and like get down to 23. So but they do have to move like six or 7 million. But then when Mark stone went on LTIR, that obviously solved the problem. Um, he, he and I could make relatively the same amount of money. So that kind of just was a trade-off. But the question is, will Mark stone be healthy enough to play in the regular season? And will they take him off LTIR? Um, I've been asking sources around the league sources around the team, talking to the players. And the sense I get is most people think he's not going to play in the regular season. Now, That hasn't been decided, and people from the team have told me like they're still keeping – like Kelly McCrimmon has not decided like, all right, Stone's not playing the rest of the season. We don't have to make any moves. I can relax. Like that's not the case. Like Kelly McCrimmon is still planning for, okay, if Stone comes back and we have a a couple weeks before the deadline, I may have to make a move here and and bring it back. But the sense is the guess right now for most people that have knowledge is Mark Stone's probably not going to play for the rest of the regular season, which would mean they don't have to make a move. That means – because we saw with the Tampa Bay Lightning last year, once you get to the playoffs, there is no salary cap. You can play them all. You can play $10 million over the cap. I think $18 million was what Tampa Bay was last year. That's what the T-shirt said, at least. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite the situation. I wrote on The Athletic yesterday. Um, the deadline isn't even technically a deadline for this team because there's a little-known rule that is almost never used, but you can make trades after the deadline in the NHL. Um, the caveat is those players that you acquire at in trades after the deadline cannot play in the playoffs. For the Golden Knights, since they're not going to be adding anything, they're going to be subtracting. There is a chance that say the Golden Knights get to the deadline and they don't make a move, and then two weeks later, Mark Stone is healthy and this team is struggling and they need to get him back into the lineup so they can like get into the playoffs. They could they they can legally. Call up the Coyotes, for example, a team that's out of the playoffs and say, hey, we'll give you a player with term. You're not going to be able to use them this year, but your season's over anyways. It doesn't matter. Let's let's move for the future. You can get a player with term at a discount. Obviously, they're not going to be paying full price at this point. And the Golden Knights then could make that move and activate Mark Stone. So, like, it's, it's a very interesting situation. I've never seen anything like this. Kelly McCrimmon is is. Got a lot of things he's juggling right now. I don't know if the Golden Knights are going to make a move. My gut right now tells me they aren't going to make a move and they're just going to sit pat on this. But a lot to uh, happen over the, over the next few weeks that could change that. But, Jesse, that's where my concern is watching from the outside in the periphery because you talk
1: about injury. That's not just Mark Stone. I mean, there's a lot of players right now that are out of this Vegas Golden Knight lineup. Robin Lehner has been injured white cloud. Who's, you know, people that don't know Zach white cloud on the right-hand defenseman, he's an offensive guy. He defends really well. He's an important piece. If this team is going to make a run in the playoffs. So injuries as a whole is a big deal, but you talk about Kucherov in, in Tampa. And to me, when I, when I watched that, he knew the coach's system. He played with that team. He'd want to cup with that team. He grew up with that team. You're adding a piece like Jack Eichel, which is a huge piece to the puzzle you need 20 guys playing together going into day, day one of the playoffs. And it's not like the Vegas Golden Knights, as anticipated, would be 10, 12, 14 points ahead of a weak Pacific division at this point. That's not the script and the narrative. So to me, I think it's it's imperative that they get this group together because this they need to make a playoff run. So it's not just Mark Stone's injury. So I think you're right, but I, I really do believe they need to get Mark Stone on their roster so the Coyotes fans listen up because you might – be a team that's benefiting from this having said all of that where are on the timelines of some of these under other injuries like white cloud and specifically uh the goaltender robin Lehner?
2: yeah so all right let's just run through it mark stone we talked alec martinez um he got cut in the face with a skate blade that required 50 stitches but he's having head issues um whether it's concussion related i'm not sure but he's that's kept him out he has been skating with the team lately but has like he's been skating with the team for months now and Pete DeBoer has sounded like he's a couple days away from playing several times. Like even months ago, Pete DeBoer sounded like he was a couple days from playing. So clearly the team doesn't know exactly what's going on with him. So Martinez is kind of that's a mystery. And then he's a big piece to this team. I mean, led the league in blocks last year, especially in the playoffs, playoff time. That that guy is a key. So don't really know on him. White Cloud has been skating with the team the last two days. Full participant in practice. Pete DeBoer said he believes in. He has a good chance of playing this weekend. So either against the Coyotes or the following day against the Avalanche, um, White Cloud should be back in the lineup. And like you said, he's underrated. I think people that don't follow the Golden Knights every day probably don't know Zach White Cloud's name all that well. But he has been phenomenal for this team. Um, So that'll be a big boost. Robin Leonard skated. He was he was in practice yesterday. Full participant. Um, Pete sounded pessimistic that he would play one of these two games against the Avs or, or the Coyotes. He didn't sound all that optimistic that he would, but he didn't completely rule it out. So that kind of lets you know that he's, he's on his way back. He may not be quite ready, but, but Leonard, and I know there were some worries that maybe he would be out for like the rest of the season and they would have to trade for a goalie. That does not seem to be the case. Now, maybe that injury, maybe he's playing through something. We don't know, but it looks like he's going to be, be back in the lineup sooner rather than later. Um, who else? Oh, Nolan Patrick. He he got another head injury. Um, they didn't say concussion, but we can only assume he got hit in the head by Nathan McKinnon the other night. And he is out again. Um, he was on the ice, though. He's in a red no contact jersey, which is what he's been in basically all season. That poor guy cannot stay healthy. Um, he just cannot catch a break. So I don't know when he'll be back. It could be some time, especially with the reoccurring injuries he's had. But um, yeah, Nolan Patrick's been out. Yeah, this team, we always like in Vegas, I think we get caught up talking like when this team is healthy, this is what they're going to be. And it's like Pete said the other day, like I've been doing this long enough to know that it that may never come. Like there's a good chance that that never comes. So we've got to win with what we've got. And I completely agree with you that the team building aspect has been just completely skipped over with this team. And it's not completely their fault i mean it is partially their fault <laughs> they're adding superstar players every offseason and a trade deadline basically for five years so they're constantly changing the makeup of the team but also these injuries have not allowed them to gel and i actually wrote about it a couple of days ago like when i see teams like calgary and colorado and those are the top two teams in the west compared to vegas what i see is calgary and colorado are two very cohesive teams and their team game is so much better than Vegas is at right now. Like they're just in such a better place in terms of chemistry, knowing where everyone's at, not having to think and just kind of playing without thinking whereas the Golden Knights, I believe the Golden Knights are more talented than both of those teams. But hockey's not about the best collection of talent, it's about the best team and and right now the Golden Knights have a lot of catching up to do in that.
3: Jesse, with regard to Robin Leonard, are the Vegas Golden Knights content with their goaltending situation assuming assuming he comes
2: back? Yeah, I think they are. Um if 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 Robin Leonard can play, even if he's like playing through an injury, if Robin Leonard can play, he's the guy. Um, partially because I don't think there's a, a better option out there. And secondly, I disagreed with them for the last year and a half, two years since they traded for Robin Leonard about who is the better goalie between Flurry and Robin Leonard. I disagreed with them, but they clearly believe Robin Leonard is the better goalie because I mean, they had Fleury under contract. They went out. They traded for Robin Leonard. They signed him to an extension. And then they traded Marc-Andre Fleury after winning a Vesna Trophy. You don't do all of that. And, th- and 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 the guy is the fan favorite. He's the face of the franchise. You don't. Put yourself at that risk if you don't deep down believe Robin Leonard is the better goalie. So in their minds, if Robin Leonard is good enough to ship out the Vezina Trophy winner, they have a lot of confidence. That tells me that this this front office and this coaching staff has a ton of trust in Robin Leonard. And he he's had his ups, ups and downs this season. But when he's been in there, he's been pretty good. I think the stats are a little misleading. The Golden Knights have... They, they play a weird defense where they don't give up many shots, but then when they do, it's a breakaway or a two on out like they, they, they only give the team six shots, but they're all six like grade A chances. So that's going to lead to your goalie stats being not quite as good. So I think if you look from the outside, you look at Leonard's statistics, you say, oh, he's having a down year, but he's actually been pretty good. And especially early in the year when they were struggling with a lot of injuries and they were icing an AHL team, basically Leonard kept a minute. So. I think this team's confidence in Robin Leonard is high as long as he can perform at a reasonably high level, like as long as he's not too hampered by an injury.
0: I just perked up when you said that because the Coyotes' way is only getting six shots on goal, but then somehow scoring on <laughs> yeah, the or Yeah, that's good three for us. Those.
1: That's a good plan exactly. for Coyotes.
0: <laughs> so so we like six
1: to 10 shot thing.
0: Yeah, we like to hear that. Um, you know, the, I think ever since this team entered the league, to the shock of everybody, they've been in win now mode and you said they're always acquiring big names at the deadline in the offseason so given that fact there's probably not a huge prospect pool and they're in win now mode so what does the road look like maybe three to five years down the road for the coyotes it's okay we're rebuilding now to get to that point vegas is at that point but as a result there's probably going to be some down years what do you foresee coming kind of once this window closes
2: yeah, the Golden Knights prospect pool has been uh, pretty emptied in terms of like who they've got. And and like to their credit, though, the Golden Knights, everyone likes to compare Seattle's expansion. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, look at this awful team. And when I looked at Seattle, I didn't say what an awful team. I said, that's probably about the same amount of talent as the Golden Knights got. But the big difference is the Golden Knights came out of the expansion draft with three extra first round picks, two extra second round picks, all these extra picks. So when the Golden Knights got into the league, they had a just a ridiculous treasure of draft picks and they used all of them. I mean, they're all gone already. Like they traded all three of those first round picks that first year, Cody glass, Nick Suzuki, Eric Brandstrom. Now they got Max Pacioretty and Mark stone for them. So they're doing all right. Like they're, they're not giving these picks away, but Because they had so many, they used them all. They're not like the Golden Knights still have picks in the upcoming drafts. Like they they, they are without their their first round pick in this upcoming draft because they got Jack Eichel, which um, I I would do that a thousand times over, Um, trade a first round pick for Jack Eichel, but. Beyond that, they have all their picks. So like they they do have a decent amount of picks moving forward, but they've traded pretty much every top prospect they've had um, over the last few years. Peyton Krebs obviously went in that Eichel deal. Also, he was a former first round pick. So, yeah, the future and 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 none of these prospects that they have left are are all that promising. I mean, Brendan Brisson, he, he's he been really lighting it up for Michigan this year. Um son of the the famous agent, Pat Brisson. Um, He played in the Olympics. He scored, I think, three goals for Team USA in the Olympics. So he looks good. But outside of him, they don't have many blue chip guys. I think this team is there. The window is now Um, they've got some aging guys. They've got some guys with injury history, like Max Pacioretty has been banged up a lot lately. And that's his age is showing like when he's healthy, he's still an absolutely elite goal scorer. But he started to show his age. Mark Stone, not an old guy, but Back issues are something that can can last and don't go away all that often. So you're looking at him. It's like how many more years of elite play do we have of Mark Stone? Alex Petrangelo just signed a big deal. He's only in his second year of a seven year deal, but he's getting up there over over 30 and and probably going to be on the downside. He's still playing at a really high level right now. He's been one of their best players. But yeah, they've got a lot of guys who are about to start aging. and when they do, they don't have a ton of young players to to fill in for them. And, and the 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 contracts for those big players are obviously very high because they they didn't these aren't homegrown guys. they they acquired them all and signed them to big deals. so they're all making what they deserve to make.
3: Jesse, when I came up there to cover the Coyotes Golden Knights game at the start of the first season there, you know that 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 little room uh, behind the press box where they have the printing machines, uh, you know the, the printers. Bill Foley walked into that room and just did an impromptu interview with a bunch of reporters that night, which, first of all, blew me away that an owner would do something like that. From the outside, it looks like Bill Foley's done everything right, whether it's dealing with you know how he approaches the team, how he approaches media, how he approaches fans. I don't know how much you deal with him on a daily basis, but what's your sense of how he has crafted this franchise?
2: Yeah, he's done a phenomenal job. Um, Bill Foley is, yeah, m- what most fans would want in their sports owners, in their in their sports team's owner, which is a guy who is willing to spend whatever. Um, if there like, if there was no salary, and it's like, it's pretty clear the Golden Knights are 10 million over the cap. Like if there was no salary cap, I think the Golden Knights would have a $160 million roster <laughs> because Bill Foley would just buy every player in the league, Um, which is what you want as a sports fan. Like you want your owner to be willing to, to do what it takes to win. He wants to win a Stanley cup and um, I think it's, it's it's allowed him to be a little more uh, I, I, like I think the fact that they're selling out every game and the fact that the jerseys are just flying off the racks and everyone in town is drenched in Golden Knights gear from head to toe. I think he's making some money. So like that part allows you to be a little more frugal in spending. But at the same time, I think this guy, he just he didn't buy this team to make money. I think he bought this team to win a Stanley Cup. And that's what he really wants. So yeah, from that aspect, he's great. I think if you're looking for a negative with Bill Foley, it's He's not Jerry Jones, like Bill Foley's not telling George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon, this is the trade you will make, this is the player you will draft, but he is very, very aggressive, and I think part of the reason, like, George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon deserve a ton of credit because they take risks, like, GMs in this league are so afraid to make trades because they'll look bad, and they're so afraid to trade a Nick Suzuki at when he's that young, because, oh, my gosh, if this if Max Pacioretty doesn't work out, we are going to look like idiots. This team has taken those risks and they have built a Stanley Cup contender in a way that I don't think any team has ever built one, especially in the salary cap era. So those guys deserve credit. But I also think they may not have made all those decisions. If Bill Foley wasn't standing right behind them, telling them like, we're not good enough. We need to make another move. We're not good enough. We need to make another move. Like he is very aggressive. So if there's a negative, I don't know if I like my owner telling my, my front office, like we need to make moves. Like you can pressure them into bad moves in those, in those situations sometimes. So like, but like, again, I don't think he's, he's overstepping too much. I think he's kind of letting them make the decisions. He's just telling them like, Hey, we need to make another move. So yeah, Foley's been a great owner. I think he's done um, a lot of good things here in Vegas. They've built he's built three rinks in Vegas, uh, or sorry, two. They're getting ready to start building their third rink um, with two sheets of ice each. The, the The hockey community has exploded since since the Golden Knights came here. Um, so yeah, I think I think Foley's checking all the boxes as a good sports owner. So you bring it up, but yeah, you talk about Foley, which is
1: interesting because the expectations in Vegas are probably higher than any other organization in the league right now. Maybe the Colorado avalanche on the expectations of what they're putting on the ice. So my question, everybody says, all oh, these teams, that they're in the Stanley Cup finals. Well, Jared Clon got fired after the Stanley Cup finals. Pete DeBoer, oh, he's the guy, he's our guy, he's our guy. What happens to a team that right now was su- supposed to run away with the Pacific and aren't? It's tight, and it's all the reasons you brought up. Injuries, all of those things. Do you foresee a chance that if this team doesn't get through the second round and into the Western Finals against those Colorado Avalanche, is Pete DeBoer potentially on the block?
2: Um, I will say no, um, and and I think it's partially. I agree with you that like the like I I see where you came to that because this team is incredibly aggressive and but I but I do think that the firing of Gerard Gallant wasn't only results-based. And like Kelly McCrimmon, when they fired him, they said it's results-based because that's what he's got to say. But I think that was a fundamental philosophical differences between the front office and Gerard Gallant. I think there were a lot of players that the front office acquired. Vadim Shippashev, Nikita Gusev, Tomasz Tatar. That Gallant just didn't work with and and it's because he's got a style and like his style's great he went to new york and he's like probably going to be a finalist for the jack adams award like he's doing a phenomenal like gerard Gallant is a hell of a coach but i just think he didn't mesh all that well with Kelly McCrimmon and, and George McPhee, and I think maybe it's maybe it's a case of when they hired him, they thought this team wasn't going to be very good. Um, there, there were obviously no expectations when this team, like they 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 were saying, we're probably going to be bad for a few years and we're going to build. And I think they thought Gerard is such a player friendly coach, he'll manage this this first rough patch. Like we're going to have a great locker room despite not winning all that many games, and then all of a sudden they had a cup contender. And I think maybe in Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee's eyes, they thought, I know. Gallant's winning, but in our eyes, he's not the coach to win the Stanley Cup. You can agree with him. You can disagree with him. I think Gallant can absolutely win Stanley Cups. He's a fantastic coach, but I think that they like Pete DeBoer more. So I think Pete DeBoer isn't going to be fired, I guess, if he meets the same level of disappointment as what Gerard Gallant did, just because there's a much better cohesion between he and the front office um, would be my guess. I think they're both phenomenal coaches in Vegas. That's a hot topic for debate. The fans, there are some of them that still love Gallant and wish they never would have fired him. There are some that love Pete DeBoer. It's a it's definitely a hot button issue. I think the answer is they're both phenomenal NHL coaches that any team would be lucky to have. Um, I think that even if Pete DeBoer doesn't meet expectations, I think he's still got quite a bit of a leash just because he's so respected and, and gets along with the, the front office so well.
0: Well, Jesse, we can't thank you enough for coming on. I feel like now with this matchup tomorrow night, Coyotes fans have a good primer on the situation in Vegas. And this has been really great. Um, You can follow Jesse on Twitter at Jesse Granger underscore. (laughs) Correct. All right. And.
3: (laughs) And, and Which bad contract should the Coyotes look to be taking on?
0: Oh, yes.
2: (laughs) Well, so, so the goal, I mean, honestly, I don't know. So like, I think Riley Smith is the guy everyone looks to, but he's pending UFA. So he's not a guy that the coyote, like that would be, he would be traded to a contender. If, if the golden Knights were done if you're looking for a guy with term, I don't think the golden Knights want to trade William Carlson, um, because he's so important to this team. He plays on the power play. He's their best penalty killer. He's, he gets the most, uh, important defensive minutes against the opposing top lines. I think Carlson's absolutely vital, but if the golden Knights were trying to unload a contract with term, William Carlson still has a bunch of years left on his deal at 5.9 million. I think his stats haven't been good this year, but if you watch this guy on the ice, he's worth more than 5.9 million a night. Like he is a phenomenal player. If I was the coyotes, I would be calling Kelly McCrimmon every day, asking about William Carlson because he's a guy that if you can get him for, for discount, he can be a, a really good second line center, pretty good, first line center um for the next five six years at well, a reasonable cap hit
0: the coyotes have no center so <laughs> it probably <laughs> center
2: automatically right yeah exactly. <laughs> like one through four.
0: <laughs> exactly well jesse thanks again and you can read um jesse's work at the athletic if you have a membership there so thanks so much jesse and i guess we will see you on twitter tomorrow night for the coyotes golden knights matchup we appreciate you
2: awesome thanks for having me should be fun. Yeah,
0: should thank thanks, you thank you all right. Well, thank you so much to Jesse Granger from The Athletic for that um, primer of the Golden Knights. It's always interesting to hear from reporters who cover the team daily. Um, and he mentioned Vegas and the betting vibes there for years. Um, and, you know, we just have sports betting for six months here. But if you want to get in on it and if you haven't gotten in on it yet, the DraftKings Sportsbook app is the way to go. Sign up using the promo code PHNX, and this week, new customers who bet $1 on any NBA team can get $150 in free bets if that team wins. Existing DraftKings customers can bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. The Suns are back in action tonight. They are by far, at least to me, the best team in the NBA. I'm sure many people at PHNX would agree with me there. Um, so if you want to bet on the Suns tonight, you can do so on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Just bet that $1 on an NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do signing up. Using the promo code PHNX. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800 NEXT STEP. New customers only. Minimum five dollar deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. All right. Around the NHL. <laughs> Let's take a look.
3: We already touched on, uh, I, I really wanted to know who he, who he would say, you know, if they were going to lo- unload someone. I, I don't know, Petey. I don't know what you think. I, I'm not sure William Carlson is is the right fit no. that was at this point uh, in their
1: rebuild, so I'm not sure. Yeah, the different thing point. about this, and we talk about teams unloading, and, and the, the Coyotes and Bill Armstrong have done a great job of taking players that teams do not want that have high salaries and be able to get a pick out of this. The problem with what Vegas needs to do is they have high-salary players that are wanted. That, that people would want William Carlson. Like that's a guy teams really need. So I don't know if this is going to be a good fit for any of the Vegas players. The only thing I would say with William Carlson and, and the,
3: the problem is what, what's the, the acquisition cost for the coyotes? Cause they don't want to be giving up, you know, draft assets at this point. So what's the acquisition cost. That would be a, a, a key piece there. But if you get William Carlson, obviously he's a guy that you can turn around and trade in the summer at the draft and he would have a lot of value. So. Yeah, maybe if they
1: get in that big of a bind, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going yeah. to be move somebody other than him. Dodonov is going to be gone. Like it, there'll be other players. I think that Riley Smith, I think, would go before William Carlson. But,
0: but yeah, of the line. it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this shakes out. And clearly, the Coyotes are one of the teams that will be, you know, selling players at the deadline to help out teams trying to make a cup run. And another one of those teams is Montreal. And we did touch on this last night on our post game show that Montreal past the coyotes in the uh tank watch i guess if you flip the standing upside down the coyotes are now first in tank watch um but the montreal canadians have won four in a row they haven't done that at all this season the coyotes haven't even won four in a row this season we were kind of waiting for the marty saint louis effect to take place do you think that this has to do with him do you think it's just a new voice? Like what is, what is going on in, in a locker room? And it's not just two, one wins. You said last night, it was a four, nothing win against Buffalo. They yeah. beat Toronto by a lot in Toronto is, you know, a contending team. So what is, what is going on in Montreal and what can we do to support them to keep <laughs> winning?
3: I don't, you know, I don't know how to read this because there, there is always this bump and you don't want to, you don't want to praise Marty San Louis too much. You know, I read Arpen Basu. We've had him on the show. I, I read his column this morning, and it sounded like things were just so dysfunctional under Dominique Ducharme that you wonder if there's a little bit of that as well. It's just a breath of fresh air. Can they sustain this, though? I, I mean, that's still, especially with the players they have out of the lineup or the centers that they lost in the offseason, it's not a very good team. So I don't, I don't expect Montreal to win 10 straight, but could they be you know, good enough to just climb well past the Coyotes and not have that be a concern anymore? Maybe.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one of the issues this team has had since the beginning of the season, they still have, and that's their goaltending. And and so I think ultimately that's going to be their downfall, their middle ice and their goaltending. Are they getting a boost from the coach? We've talked about boosts from coaches a lot lately. So the answer is yes. The difference is this team has some high end skill players that can put the puck in the net. So they are going to get that offensive boost that may last a little bit longer. You know, Edmonton's problems are much deeper than, than, you know, they have goaltending defensive problems. They have two guys that can score. So you're going to see them kind of come back to earth after the jay woodcroft effect as it were um the martin saint louis effect yeah it, it makes a difference on those high skilled players that feel like they have some more freedom and the ability to play offensively so i think it will last for a little bit longer but ultimately their lack of depth down the middle of the ice and their goaltending unless carrie price comes back i still think this is the bottom team in the league i don't know if they will be last however and that is great news for arizona yes, coyotes
0: that is ex- that's pretty much all we want and The Canadians are providing an update on Carey Price tomorrow on Friday, correct?
3: Yes. Right. So, Um, so
0: that should
3: be. the lineup, then it gets even more interesting. Maybe, maybe Montreal does go on a little bit of a run, but then there's Seattle, which is climbing. the Race lost five straight, two and eight in their last ten. They look like an expansion team lately. They really look like what an expansion team is supposed to look like. Can they sink far enough? I mean, if they keep playing like this, maybe. But it what's it, It's a six-point spread now between them and the Coyotes. But the Coyotes have, is it three games in hand? I think
0: it's three. It's two.
1: No, or it's two. two. It's two. But still, you're six six points, two games in hand. The, the this is the team that I also see now. Now it's we had talked about a two-team race. It's a three-team race, and, and Seattle right now just can't get it going. Like, and we've talked about how once you get on a streak, whether it's winning and or losing. Oh boy, it's hard to get out of it.
0: Well, and it's, the Coyotes kept beat, keep beating Seattle this year. Yeah, what are they? Doing? That's
1: that's some huge points they've left on the
3: table.
1: 10-point spread. They need to lose those games.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. exactly. Go ahead. Speedy, by the way, you mentioned goaltending being an issue for the Montreal Canadiens. Did you watch Mike Smith last night? Wow.
1: Well, I I, I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. Like we talked about the Jay Woodcroft bump. I said they still have the same goalies, still yep. the same team, and ultimately they're coming back to who they are. Mike Smith is just not having a good season. He's been injured. He's been in and out of the lineup. And and right that game right there, if he, he makes two saves, that game goes the other way. Edmonton Oilers were the better team last night. They were the faster it team, better offensive in chances in Tampa. Yeah, yeah, in Tampa, which gave hope for for like, holy cow, maybe these Oilers team they are playing better offensively, but. And you can see now if you haven't watched the team what what a team Dave Tippett had, and when they're giving up goals, and he said it all along, and he threw his goalie under the bus. Well, yeah, because if you if for your goaltending you are battling for first place in the division, so yeah. oof, I don't know. And you talk about Vegas, you talk about Edmonton. There's teams that might not make the playoffs, like LA yeah. and Anaheim are hanging around, like just. Yeah. I you know Anaheim's coming back down to earth and they're sliding and their plus minus goals differential is below the, the green line. So they're probably going to end up outside, but they're still close enough.
0: LA's won so five of up. their last six, I think. Yeah. So. yeah. LA's
1: LA's there right now. They're in third place. Yeah. They're above the Edmonton Oilers. So well,
0: look, doesn't Kenny Holland have
3: to make a move here? I mean, can you wait Has till he to get to get a goalie. After the season is UFA, but don't you have to do something
1: now? You have to get a goalie. Have to get what, We said it. We've said it for months know yeah,
3: well, they tried to get Darcy Kemper but is it, Jesse was just saying this is there a better option out there uh, at goaltender I, I don't know but it feels like they need to do something it feels to me like if if this team misses the playoffs Kenny Holland's job should also be on the line he's making I think it was Mark Specter that mentioned he he's making five million dollars a year and he had oodles of cap space as Daniel Nugent Bowman told us on a previous show what has he done with it they haven't solved their biggest issue.
1: Yeah, and that's funny because they, they were in all, all in on the camper, but then you make a backup plan. You have a plan B. And by now you've had this entire season. Whether it's Mark Andre Fleury, which you've heard rumored, they need to do something. He needs to do it to save his job. He's already fired the coach, so that's excuses off the table. If this team misses the playoffs with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel with cap space and years to build what you wanted to build, aye aye. aye. Uh oh. And they got to blow yeah. up the Oilers again.
0: Yeah. I Ooh. think, I also think it's the, the cautionary tale of, you know what, you can have so many first overall picks and and Jesse mentioned it too. Like Vegas has so many superstars, but other teams play better as a team. And when he said like superstars don't win Stanley cups, teams do in the NHL like that was such a, like a good point by him. And I think that that's what Coyotes fans need to be focusing on in these next few years that yes, you can get these top draft picks, but look at what's happened in Edmonton, and will we look back on Vegas as if they don't get it done in this window, and then they're bad going yeah. forward in a few years? Like, is are we going to look back on Vegas as a failure or a success? I mean, obviously, they're success with just how good they were from the start, but
3: yeah, they've they've, they've warmed their way into the hearts of that market. So it's a yeah, slight, no,
0: yeah, you know, exactly. You know, yeah. Not not just the market, but just. Yeah. You know, like the the superstars. This is not – the NHL is not the NBA.
3: Imagine Jack Eichel playing in another situation like a couple years down the road where suddenly Vegas gets bad and it's just like
0: Buffalo. (laughs) With better weather.
3: Yeah, better weather, yeah. A lot more to do.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Man. I know. It's crazy to see. Well, sticking in the Pacific Division, um, former Anaheim Ducks general manager Bob Murray has joined the Calgary Flames as a scout Uh, thoughts on this one
3: man uh, after the way he went out in Anaheim with unprofessional conduct just basically berating employees and having a drinking problem it feels quick doesn't it it it, I thought he would at least be out for the rest of the season and I I saw Brad Tree Living's comments and you know about the culture that they have in Cal Calgary and you can say all that stuff and it may even be true but The way the world is operating right now, the way public opinion operates, I don't know that that's enough right now. It's almost like a guy has to pay his penance and it doesn't really feel like, I know he lost his job as a GM, so that's a big price to pay, but he's right back in the business. That's an interesting one.
1: Yeah. We're going to, you know, I, with Brad true I saw when he brought in Daryl Slaughter. I said, wow, that doesn't fit. Like Daryl's not the kind of coach that could coach today's player, today's game, and it's not going to work. Well, it did. And now they're in first place in the Pacific and you go, oh, okay, maybe Brad knows something. Brad Choliving is a guy that, that I think his job was on the line over the summer. And he was concerned that they needed to make some bold moves. And Daryl Sutter was the, was the first of those bold moves. And this is just another example that I don't think this team is done at the trade deadline. I think they made the to move. I think they're going to make another one. And if he has to bring in Bob Murray in a lesser role, he's an advisor. He's a scout. I mean, he's, he's not a front office guy. He's not going to make decisions. He has nobody underneath him. Like, kind of on an island unto himself. So if his advice can get them that one more player that makes a difference in this team making a run. Uh, maybe it's worth it. And, and you know, I, I have to have to say, I've worked for Brad Treleving. I, I trust him, and he's a guy that did, he does the work. He does the background searches. He gets on the phone. He knows everybody. I, I, looking at this situation, I trust him.
0: Well, before we wrap up, um, I just want to take a moment to let everyone know that if you haven't become a member at go phnx.com yet, you should today because Craig posted his monthly mailbag this morning. Um, that's always a good one. And you know, there's questions in there monthly that people are tweeting, asking us every single day. So it's your one stop place for the answers to all of these. Um, at gophnx.com, you can only read it if you're a member and if you sign up for an annual membership you can get a shirt when you sign up or if you want to just do month to month you can get your first month for just 50 cents to become a member at go check out the phnx merchandise locker as well tons of great stuff in there the phoenix phnx rising shirts have arrived already and they are phenomenal love them so much they might compete with cody the coyote we will see um All right. Wrapping up around the NHL, Toronto is the Coyotes' trade partner so far. Um, I mean, I guess they made that minor move with Boston, but man, they're just trading with the Leafs back and forth. So Toronto actually has some wiggle room at the deadline, given the fact that Jake Muzzin is on the long-term injury reserve. What do we see for Toronto going
3: forward I could see them adding another defenseman and maybe even something up front. Toronto has some some room now because I don't think Muzzin's going to be back before the playoffs. So that's interesting because uh, we've talked about this before. Toronto's path out of the East is so hard when you look at that division. It's just a brutal road. So the ability to add a couple pieces, th- that could help them. Uh, I just... I don't uh, we've talked about this, too. I I don't know if the Leafs are poorly constructed like some people think up there or if it's just they're like Tampa was a few years ago where they need to get over the hump, finally win. And then then things will take off for them. But it's feeling like we're at that tipping point with the Maple Leafs where something needs to happen this season or next season. Otherwise, it's just going to stagnate.
0: No thoughts, Petey. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, you know, I'm just sitting here looking at some of the woes that, that this team has had over the years. It's a team with an unlimited budget. They they have more money than any other team in the league. They bring in more advisors than any other team in the league. They should have every advantage to win. And yet they don't. And every year it's something different, whether it's, well, we're too young, we're too old. We're our goaltending is bad, or we don't have the right mix. It's always something. So what is it going to be this year? And right now with Muzzin going down, does does ken Leibushkin fill that hole gosh you know i think they were looking at him to be more of a guy that they could call in as a spot duty um throughout the playoffs maybe your seventh guy that gets some action i don't think they yeah. saw him being an everyday guy right now so i to craig's point i think they'll make another move there they have to be all in the eastern conference versus the west the west has one or two teams maybe three you know Calgary uh Vegas, and Colorado. the East is wide open with some really, really, really high end skilled hockey teams. It's going to be incredibly difficult to climb to the top of the mountain in the east if you I've- look at the standings right now, Toronto's,
3: as they stand today, would play Tampa in the first round. oh the two time defending Stanley Cup champion if they were to get past that round, they get the Florida Panthers oh. If they get past that round, you know, again, going by the standings, it's the Carolina Hurricanes. That is a brutal road. That's the toughest road to the cup final.
0: Oh, yikes. I don't know. I don't, I I don't see it happening. Hey, but no, Boston has changed, you know. You didn't, you didn't say Boston and Boston's been their Achilles heel. So they're they're hot
3: right now. So Boston, I mean, Boston could overtake the Maple Leafs the way
0: things are going. Very true. Very true. We'll see. Well, I'm really excited um, for these next few months here. This is the best time of the year for me. The, the deadline, the playoff push, and just the first round of the playoffs is the best to me. So really looking forward to that. We'll continue to look around the NHL pretty much weekly because there's always something exciting going on. And one last note, not around the NHL, but around the world, uh, the, the celebration scene at SNP Square in Slovakia. That was awesome.
3: It's sort of a reminder of what the Olympics really mean, what they're all about, right? And the, and the impact of sports globally. You know, there was a lot of criticism, a lot of hand-wringing about NHL players not going to the Olympics this year. It's a watered-down tournament, and and you can't discount all of that. Look, Canada didn't send its best. The U.S. didn't send its best. But still, to see Slovakia win its first hockey medal it was, it was, it was a bronze medal. You know, you don't see that sort of celebration usually for a bronze medal, but to that, to that nation, it was clearly a huge deal. So that was such a cool scene to see. And then look Finland, who I think always shows up on the world stage. I, I don't know what it is about Finland in the world championships or the Olympics. They show up, they play hard. I love the way that team competes. It was cool to see them win their first gold as well. That to me, that that makes the Olympics worth it.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, any other thoughts?
3: Nope. <laughs> what? Renee Fossil didn't think so. But, yeah, um, right. Wow. Um,
0: any other thoughts around the NHL or hockey in general before we head out?
1: I'm good, Leah. I'm yep. good. Okay. I'm ready to get back out and watch this Vegas Golden Knights because they are the better team on paper again. We say it almost every night, but <laughs> this is another one of those games where they've played well against each other. It's a rivalry game, the duel in the desert. I expect a high intensity game and when the Coyotes can skate after a few days off this could actually be a pretty good hockey game with all of the players that the Vegas Knights have out of the lineup.
0: Yep, and it'll be cool to see Jack Eichel to at Gila River Arena. So, lots to look forward to on Friday. Um we will be live for our post game show on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel after that one, so be sure to subscribe there. Um we are 179, I think, followers away from 3,000 on at for Coyotes. So, what? PD, PD, start what? Get, start doing your warm ups for your get TikTok a, dance.
1: I got to do TikTok dance. I got to race Sean in the parking oh, lot. Oh yeah, now.
0: that's happening. If you Craig missed all show, that,
1: but boy,
0: oh you know, my gosh, we I got are going, a lot going on. We are going PXX. to film a race between PD and Sean because he,
1: he talked like going- a third grader yesterday, Craig. You should have seen it in the studio. Well, I'm faster than everybody here. Like, like what is this? The fucking playground? Like really? You're the fastest guy. Yeah, you're you're 24 years old. You're six foot two and about 185? Yeah, you're faster than me. Oh, okay. Here's your trophy. Nice job, Sean. <laughs> like, what the hell, bully? Wow. <laughs> anyway, Literally,
0: go back and listen to our post game show last night, either on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Like I was in tears <laughs> laughing. Yeah, was- I feel like yeah, we I mean- end
3: on this. We need to end on this because Petey just called Sean a bully and Sean isn't even here to defend himself. So yeah. we, we just need to well, now. I'm going to
0: send Sean the, the timestamp so he has a chance to respond. Um, well, please follow us on Twitter and YouTube and wherever You get your podcast. Leave us a review, like, subscribe. Um, A reminder, we'll be in Tucson on Saturday, February 26th. So head down the I-10, get tickets to that game. Roadrunners versus Ontario. We'll be interviewing coaches, players, fans, eating donuts, um, going to El Charo. So super excited to be in Tucson Saturday. We hope to see you there as well. Um, Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And we will see you tomorrow night after the Coyotes' Vegas game.
3: Thoughts for the people of Ukraine.